0: This is the Friday May 7th edition of the Daily Wager podcast another week wrapping up like we always tell you in and out in less than 10 minutes we'll get you set for the weekend with a few plays coming up welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings America's top rated daily fantasy app I'm Doug Kazarian joined by Joe Fortenbaugh Joseph how are you sir Dude, I'm doing great. Like, we have a pretty stacked card this
1: weekend. All the normal suspects with the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball. We've got a Canelo fight on Saturday night. We haven't seen a whole lot of him over the last couple of years. We've got an F1 race in Spain. I know you're itching to give out your F1 picks. So I'm doing pretty well, man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing well. One, uh, I talked to you off the F1 content a couple of weeks ago. Somebody tweeted at me like, hey, come on. We, we want that stuff. So we'll get it in the show. Okay few things to discuss. I'm going to just start with the Blazers-Lakers game, which is the nightcap, maybe a bailout game for tonight. I, I do like the Blazers here. Obviously, I preferred it at minus six on the overnight line, but minus eight and a half, I'll still lay it. I'm not sure if Anthony Davis is going to play. He says he's going to. LeBron's like a wall. I don't really trust this Lakers team right now. I think they're destined for the play-in, as I've been saying the last couple of weeks. And Blazers kind of firing on all cylinders. Dame's a little nicked up. Terry Stotts on the hot seat, so nothing's perfect in this game. But I do really like their chances of uh, win this one by double digits. The only really chance the Lakers have is if they just shoot the lights out, right? And if that happens, that happens. But no THT for LA. They kind of don't have a point guard. Um, so that's sort of a kind of under the radar like issue right now for this game. I just don't see how they get blown out last night, then fly up north, and then go into a place that's typically tough to play and put up much of a fight over a team that also needs to win. BPI changes the... Uh, you know, avoiding the play in versus the one through six sort of seating Lakers. Like it goes from like 91% with a win to make the the one through six or 9% with a loss, similar, similar uh, percentages with the Blazers, just too much at stake. I'll take the healthy team. That's, uh, you know, playing pretty well lately.
1: No disagreement there. I'd also played the Blazers in the first half in this game as well. Pretty well rested. They had off yesterday. Like you said, the Lakers played and got rolled by the Clippers and then had to deal with the travel. Um, I think the key is what you mentioned right at the end. The fact that these two are tied in the standings in the Western Conference and that sixth seed is the difference between being in the playoffs and having to deal with the play-in. I think you're going to get a great effort from the Blazers early in this one. Similarly, I'm going to play a first half with the Boston Celtics minus two over the Chicago Bulls. A lot of the same reasons. We saw the Bulls in action last night, so it's a quick turnaround, whereas Boston was rested. And I played this earlier in the week, similar spot. Boston was rested going against an opponent who had just played. I think it was Orlando. Now, they came out firing against Orlando. This Bulls team is much better. But Boston's in the same situation as, like, Portland, right? They're sitting right on that 6-7 threshold tied with Miami. And they've got the tiebreaker as of right now. But I think they're going to fire from the gates. We're not expecting to see Jalen Brown tonight, which is a concern. But I'll lay the two with the uh, with the Celtics to get up on the Bulls early in this one. I do like the Bulls. They've been feisty. But I think Boston gets them in the first half minus two.
0: Yeah, Zach Levine just returned yesterday, convincing win in Charlotte. I'm going to go to the association, keep it there, at least for now. I know we're going to touch on the other sports. I'm going to go to the under, and I know it's a game you like, too, as well, Joe, with the New York Knicks and Phoenix Suns. It's pretty self-explanatory, both teams. Priority is defense, particularly the Knicks, just kind of got boat raced in Denver, but that's been a house of horrors over the years. 217 just feels high pace-wise, long road trip-wise for New York, and uh, – I think this one's in the low 200s here.
1: I don't disagree
0: at all. It's 100s one of my favorite I, should say. Plays.
1: I think what you're seeing is, um, number one, you have two teams, like you said, slower paces, very good defensively. Both are off bad losses. Phoenix got crushed in that spot against Atlanta a couple nights ago. Going into it was a very difficult situation. The Knicks end up losing at Denver. They both get a night of rest. I think you're going to see a great effort from both teams in that one. So I'm going to be on the under as that one as well. I'll slide a quick baseball one in here before we move to some other stuff. I was just going through this, the Yankees and the Nationals, the over under for the matchup is eight and a half. I'm looking to the over. It's Corbin versus Tyone, who both have been awful, really struggling this season, especially Patrick Corbin, the lefty for Washington. And if you go through the key metrics like WOBA, weighted runs, created, home runs, all that stuff, the Yankees have been mashing left-handed pitching this year so I think they're going to handle their business the Nats have struggled against righties but Tyone has been up and down throughout the course of the year so I think they'll be able to at least handle some of their business in that matchup I look over eight and a half Yankees Nationals
0: okay yeah I I saw that too I was actually going to do first five in that game just because I'd want to keep it on the starters and if one of them gets bounced it's probably a good thing that means they are getting touched up a little bit so my, my preference in that was first five but Certainly Ooh. for the same same reasons. Now, let's start going outside the box. No FCS here. I, I don't have any FCS plays, although we have a doubleheader on Saturday, so make sure you check that out. Maybe some live betting. I'm going to go to the futures market in the NBA, and look, I get it. There's some big money lines here, but it's pretty much – it's not even pretty much. It's free money. If you want to tie up for only a few weeks right now, we're in May. Home stretch the last couple of weeks. MVP is probably given out like the first week of the playoffs, maybe second week, but Jokic is up to 1,400. Um, he was 900 at MGM a couple days ago and I was on my way to fire and then they moved it to 1400. I'm still going to play it, (laughs) especially if you have some credit shops. Uh, I I just think this should be like minus 5,000. It's kind of silly that it's minus, uh, 1400. I, I I think they're taking sucker money on like the Steph Curry, 25 to one stuff. Giannis has no chance. He's 25. This thing's locked up and he, it should be like, it's a, it's a, worthy award winner not just by default with the injuries and even Lamelo ball at minus 650 i think edwards has put up some stats things like that but in terms of moving the needle all that Lamelo Lamelo probably had it wrapped up before he came back from injury but now he's back doing funky passes and they're in the playoff mix i just think i, I talked about it with win horse on the behind the bets podcast this week like it's done and now it won't be as much of a landslide as Jokic, but If you want to do a cash grab, I I highly recommend it if you can and tie up the cash for a few weeks. You
1: and I were talking about this on set yesterday. Jokic should be Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars type prices right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe not that high at minus 10,000, but it should certainly be higher than what, minus 1,400 right now? I mean, there are people that will put votes out for Embiid, but you're right. It's not just a default winner because of the injuries. He's put up the numbers and the wins to justify the vote as well. It's hitting on both fronts. So, yes, yeah, I mean, I think I that's a worthy bet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I also bet this week, Defensive Player of the Year, that's a wrap, too. All the metrics point to Gobert. He's going to win it. They have the number one, you know, he's just a machine. I bet I laid 530. I Earlier in the year, I did 230, but I did some more minus 530 this week. The only one that's up in the air is Coach of the Year. So, yeah. uh, there's some few finalists there. But, I mean, if you have the cash flow, go do it. It's, uh, it's, it's free money.
1: All right. Big moment here. F1 is going to make its debut on the podcast. although not in the best possible timing of fashion. Uh, Spanish Grand Prix this weekend, it's on Sunday. Now qualifying and the third practice session take place on Saturdays. So that's when all the best options for betting come out because we need to see the final starting grid and we need to get a good idea of the head-to-head matchups. So this is mostly going to be just a couple of tips to look for tomorrow when you get set to make your bets for Sunday. Number one, betting against Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen to win this thing it's almost a fool's errand. You would need them both to wreck out. They're the two fastest drivers in the two fastest cars, and they've won each of the first three races. Very difficult for anyone else to get up in there unless it involves some sort of accident to one or both of those guys. Number two, if you're looking for guys to possibly bet on, Lando Norris from McLaren is someone who has been outstanding this year. The car has gotten better in each of the last three years. Norris has gotten better each and every year. He's one of the up-and-comers, the young up-and-comers, and and he's finished top five in each of the first three events. He ran well in the first full practice session. The second one wasn't as great, but they were working on some things. i keep an eye on him for the matchups because he has been as consistent as anybody on the grid. I'd also look to the two Alpine drivers, Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso. Each of the first three races this year, that team has done better and better and better. Both guys were top 10 last week. Both guys had a great practice session in the first session and the second session. Keep an eye on them for head-to-head matchups. You might be able to make some money as well betting against Daniel Ricardo, one of the better drivers in the field, but he's been struggling with the new car, not only in the practice sessions, not only in qualifying, but on Sundays as well. So those would be some tips to keep an eye on as we go to qualifying Saturday morning.
0: Did you understand wow. anything I just said? Wow, that was quite the um, quite the dissertation. I like it. I'm ready. <laughs> I, I'm so, you're pulling me in. You're pulling me in. Uh, no, that was fun. That was awesome. We're also going to talk about it on the show and some other uh, other sports as well. We have an action-packed show, and, and uh, I believe Big Perk will be joining us as well. So, Master Perk yes. here on this Friday. But uh, thanks to everyone for downloading. Hold on,
1: hold on. One last thing. Oh, Any thoughts oh. on Canelo tomorrow night?
0: My apologies. My apologies. Yeah, no, I like Canelo by decision. Good um, price. look, he's minus minus eight hundred. I get it. I don't want to lay that. But look, his opponent, uh, he's gonna bounce around a lot. Even Canelo said it's admitted that's gonna take some time for him to figure it out. He's had some trouble against lefties the last two. He's fit, he's faced a couple guys that have gone the distance here. I just think the punching power is not there to knock out Canelo, so they'll be dancing. And I just think this goes to the decision. Plus one fifty.
1: Best yeah. way to play it. Five of Canelo's last eight fights have gone the distance. So it's not like he's a knockout artist like Deontay Wilder, right? Saunders is not a tomato can, much to the chagrin of many coming into this thing. He is a title holder. He's the faster of the two fighters. He's excellent defensively. And he's got elite ring generalship. He's going to be elusive for some of this fight. And when you look at the over-under, it's 10 and a half, heavily juiced to the over. The fight going the distance is minus 120. The odds makers are telling you this is more likely to go deeper into the fight than end quicker. So I'm with you. I think Canelo wins the fight. And I think plus 150 on the cards is the best way to attack it.
0: Yeah. We have to remember it's index betting. So a lot of times the public will take the underdog money, just a big payout. Remember, we talk about it a lot. People don't go to Vegas to risk a little to uh, win a lot. Or they prefer that, right? Risk a little. So the, 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 the Saunders stuff is going to be inflated, and it's just uh, – that's where the opportunity is. I think, the, like you said, you brought up a good point about the over-under and the, and the minus 120 Go to the distance. If it goes the distance, is not losing. So I just think you take the plus 150. That would yep. be my play. All right, man. Well, that'll do it. Thanks to everyone. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We'll see you on Daily Wager tonight, 6 Eastern on ESPN2, and then back here on the podcast Monday morning. And as we promise, in and out in less than 10 minutes.